Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. Great to have everybody here with us tonight. I'm author and ghost story and Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is Vanessa Hogel, my co-host. And of course, down in the chat room is our chat shenanigator, Shauna, doing all things, uh, well, all those shenanigans down there. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a fantastic guest with us tonight, the Motor City Medium, Rebecca Smuck. Um, she's going to be with us at the uh, Haunted Road Media Paracon here June 1st. So we're kind of going to get a preview here here of one of the things that she's going to be talking about, which is past life regression. So we're gonna get into some other things too. So, uh, but Rebecca, wanted to welcome you to the show. Really appreciate you coming on tonight. Oh, no problem. Thank you guys. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> We've um, already been chatting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vanessa and Rebecca, before we got on the show, we're already chatting about all things past lives. So, uh, but for those <laughs> who aren't really familiar with it, Rebecca, exactly uh, what is past life regression and how does that, how does that work? Well, past life regression, okay. The way that we explain past life regression is people recycle. We come to each life to learn a lesson or to relearn a lesson if we didn't learn it the first time. So let's say in a past life, you were a very prideful person. It, your, your next life, you'll be put through something and they'll make you realize you shouldn't be that prideful. That'll put you in a place that'll humble you. And until you learn the lessons that your soul needs to learn, you'll keep repeating until you get to a place where you don't need to do that anymore and and you know some people's lives are as short as six months but if that was the lesson they you know they went through a difficult birth they went through a crippling birth defect or cancer as a as a small child and and that was their their choice their mission that time they wanted to learn something from that we, ch we choose our past lives we have free will even after we pass away and we choose what lessons we need to to learn how right. past life regression works is, let's say, for instance, well, let's mention one of the cases I did recently. I had a gentleman that limped, okay, had an extreme limp in his left leg, had it his entire life, and he didn't have a physical reason for it. He'd had MRIs, he's had CAT scans, x-rays, no arthritis, no physical cause for this. So I did a past life regression with him, found out he was shot with a musket ball uh, during the British American British war in the hip. Oh, we, wow. we did the past life regression. He talked about it, worked through it, called me up two days later and said, I don't limp anymore. Oh, interesting. Wow. So yeah. the, the limp was just residual from a previous life. He didn't actually have a physical ailment that caused the limp. No, oh. no. He, I mean, nothing that the doctors could find. That's really interesting. Um, you bring up something interesting and I want to put a spin on it and ask your opinion. Sure. Because you're you're obviously, and I'm not looking at the chat, but I am sure you would have people that would say, well, what could a baby at six months possibly have to learn or, you know, or, a, you know, a, a stillborn or something like that? Is it possible? And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just theorying. Is it possible that lives can be used or donated so to speak to teach the living, the living. A lesson. Yes. absolutely um, and so i mean that to me makes so much sense that makes so much sense you know is that maybe maybe you know something along those lines as horrible and as traumatic as as it is 
that it might have nothing to do with that life, but with another life. life. Right, with the life it's affecting. And I think in one, I think one of the things that it may be doing is teaching strength. Because that's something very, very hard to get, you know, strength, faith, and belief in yourself. You know, I'm just, I was just curious. I had to throw that out to you. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a valid point. Yes. Sometimes people choose a short life for the benefit of another. Yes. You put it so much better than I did. Thank you for that. <laughs> <No problem>. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, when we're when we choose our next life, we choose our our parents, we choose our family, we choose our story. We don't remember it, but we choose it before we we uh, reincarnate. We choose our path. We choose who our parents are going to be. We choose what's going to happen to us, and you know, and then we spend our whole life going, "Woe is me! Why me? Well, you picked this. You needed yeah. to go through this. I know it hurts, but." there's a reason for and at the end when you when you you know when you pass on and your soul goes back where where it came from wherever that person's beliefs are you go oh yeah I remember why I did this well see and you're absolutely right and that is the one thing and Mike and I have talked about it yep. at great length on you know on our show and I've talked about it on other shows um is that I can't it's not, I'm, I'm going to say I can't stomach that poor, poor, pitiful me mentality. I can't. I can't do it. Right. I understand that people have that, but I can't do it. And it's hard for me to support it. Um, and and I, I have a very valid reason for, for believing that, you know, um, you know, abused as a child, raped as a teenager, you know, homeless, six miscarriages, put in the hospital by a stranger. I wouldn't take back a second of it. Not a you, know the, you know, the funny thing is, Vanessa, people, most people that are gifted in psychics had that same kind of childhood. Yeah. Most of the psychics or mediums I know had a horrible childhood. Yeah. Probably 90, 90% of them did. Yeah. And it's like, you don't take it back because that's how you grow and that's how you learn right. to help others. Right. That's how you, I think it makes us more, more sensitive, more empathic. Um, we have to learn how to survive at a young age and we learn how to read body cues and facial expressions and micro expressions and emotions of people because it's, it becomes survival. And I think that starts to grow our gifts uh, as we go along. Uh, we're more open because of what we had to do as children. If that makes people sense. Would, it does. And given what you said earlier about choosing the life, people would be like, well, why would you choose that? Well, my, my view is if, if it's not me, then it would happen to somebody else maybe. And I know I can take it. Right. Does that make sense? Is that accurate? It, it does that the people, yes, that is, a, that's possible. Uh, a lot of it is sometimes people feel they, they have a penance coming for something they did in a past life. I was a really horrible person last time. I deserve to suffer. And you know, that's thief. their choice. <laughs> I was a thief. I know yeah. that in one of my lives. I was a thief with a very dear friend of mine, Chris Loper. And uh, we were we were not good we were not good people. <laughs> I was not a good but person. Something a you mentioned earlier was that you you're choosing your life. So are you actually going into these things choosing to be a thief or maybe even a murderer or something like that? Yeah. Um 
For instance, Hitler. I don't, I don't believe, for instance, that was just circumstance. I don't think. I, I think no one, no one is born that evil. He, I, I think, he was predispositioned for to, for his place in history. He chose that place to be in history, as horrific as that was. I think he chose that life for whatever reason. Interesting. Um, we have a uh, first question from the chat, Tom McNicholas. He's asking, do you think uh, when we sleep, we also regress? So I guess maybe see uh, past lives while we sleep. Oh, absolutely. I, I've had a lot of people that tell me they've, they've re had reoccurring dreams. Well, they're in a place. They know this place. They've never been there in their entire life. But they know it. They know every inch of it. They've been there before. And, and you know, so is that a memory or is that a dream? You know, um, is that something that they've experienced before that they're, you know, reliving in a dream or is this, is it, is it a random thing your mind creates when you eat sleep to entertain us basically. But right. it, a lot of people have reoccurring dreams of the same exact place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the one glimpse I've ever had of a, of a past life actually was uh, during a dream. It was a past death and, but I knew for a fact that that was a past life there. So yeah, certainly. Go ahead, Vanessa. Oh, just real quick. What do you think about music association with past lives? As far as music putting you, recognizing a song or being, okay. For instance, my my son, mm -hmm. when he was three years, three, four years old, his four, favorite music was from the 40s. No reason for that. You know, he's three. He's like, I like that music because it was on TV. I like that music. He still listens to it. Oh, yeah. When my son was three, he used to sing Hey Jude all the time. Yeah. And there's no way he would no. have that connection. But my question is, uh, and it's, it doesn't happen with all music, although it does with some, but there was a song by Coldplay called Viva La Vida. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you know that. Mm -hmm. From the very first moment I ever heard that, I got goosebumps and I could see it all in front of me. Every bit of it. And I've, and I mean, I would, I would just start crying. Yeah. And I've just wondered about our that. Souls that's are, not a life I've, I've seen yet. Right. It could be. Um, our souls are very connected to music anyway. Um, it, it, it's very moving. I, I mean, there's sometimes it's not even the song; it's the lyrics. Yes. For me, it's, it's, it's the words that get me. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's just another way that we connect, I think, to, to our higher self is music. Makes sense to me. <laughs> okay, we have a, uh, a lot of questions starting to flood in here. So, um, so from uh, Joe Chandler, uh, Rebecca, do you think disabled children choose to be disabled? Yeah, I, I think that they choose like I said, we, we choose the life we're going to have before we have it. Um, there's, there's something that they wanted to learn from that either, you know, um, I don't know why people choose certain lives, but there, there's something they're gaining from that, something that they needed to learn. Maybe it's uh, humility or, you know, learning that I can overcome odds. I didn't think I could overcome, you know, being in a wheelchair, being restricted, use, having to use my mind, you know, because I can't use my body, that kind of thing. Okay. 
Um, from Tammy Heitzman, why do so many people not remember their past lives, therefore making it more difficult to grasp what they're supposed to learn? It's a good question. Well, the thing is, when when you when you pass on, you you get the lesson. You you sit down and you go, you know, when you get to where you're supposed to be going, you sit down and you go, oh, okay, now I remember what I'm supposed to learn. If we remembered every past life that we had, we'd be so traumatized we couldn't live this one. True story. That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I do work with people um, with past life trauma, and we do uh, hypnosis to help them get past that. There's a, a case with a little boy, um, tiny, probably started when he was four or five. He was drawing uh, Japanese uh, fighter planes. Never seen one. And he had blood coming out of his eyes and the plane was crashing. And he's going, wow. he's like, mommy, this is how I died. Wow. And he remembered his name. Uh, he remembered what ship he was on, all of it. And we had to do past life regression to help him get past that because he, he was still stuck there in that in that death he, he was still living that and it, we i had another case where a, a little boy uh probably about the same age about six he said mommy i loved you so much the last time i picked you again oh, oh that's sweet that's sweet <laughs> that is i would start bawling yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's really sweet uh we have a uh, ten dollar super chat from dawn spooky she says Thank donation you. from a past life because i had money then Ooh. <laughs> Thank Share you very much, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely appreciate that. So um, now, when I've done, because I've, I've, like, I've read some Dolores Cannon and, and other things about past life regression, and I've heard that some people, um, when they, when they see some of these events, images, what have you, um, they actually sometimes get a glimpse of where we're going. That kind of quote unquote home you know whatever your religion or belief calls it but sometimes they see that so um do you believe that have you seen that on occasion uh i actually had two near-death experiences in my life so mm. yes I, i've seen where we're going okay okay <laughs> yeah um but that can that can happen usually not during a past life regression uh i i haven't experienced it with any of my clients but i'm sure i'm sure that they could get a glimpse of that sure Okay. I mean, when you're when you're under hypnosis, anything is possible. It's the same thing with meditation. You're you're stepping outside of of yourself, uh, letting your soul kind of go where it wants to go. So you know, anything's possible when you're in that state. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Vanessa meditates. She knows. What I'm yeah, Vanessa. <laughs> Vanessa yeah. knows. Vanessa knows. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So uh, Donna Gorton, uh, <laughs> Donna Gorton says, "I've read that our souls meet with our guides before we decide to return, and we agree and knowingly go into the next life, but forget details in the rebirth process." So is that that pretty much your experience with it? Yes, that that she's got that pretty right on. Yeah, we're not supposed to remember everything. Like I said, if we remembered every past life, we'd be such a mess, we wouldn't be able to function. Uh, in the book I'm writing. I, I talk in length about how phobias, you know, how people are afraid of bridges for no reason or drowning or fire. I believe that 
phobias in this life are are scars from past death. Agreed. Yeah, There's I mean, no I, rational... I know Shauna's talked about you know her her deal with water and uh, you know, especially deep water, in that you know she believes it's because you know as a witch in a former life that you know she was drowned. So and that mm-hmm. would make sense. Yes. Yeah. Mine because is, there's no no rational explanation for why we're afraid of things that we should have no fear of. Mine is anything around my neck. Yep, I have that one too. <laughs> anything, yeah, anything coming behind me. I have anything. that too. Or tipping over backwards. Yes. Um, falling. So that falling is a big one. Right. Um, and I absolutely both love and revere, but am terrified fire yes me too and i know why shauna and don are both saying in the chat that spiders must have taken them out in past lives since they (laughs) since they hate spiders so much that's just common sense (laughs) yes i I don't like spiders they're soulless little (laughs) yeah minions of satan (laughs) like spiders Me either. I mean, it's not like it's not like I like them or anything. To me, they're just okay. They're in the house. They're easy to kill. Step on them. You're like a a million times bigger. No. Have you ever been bit, Mike? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've had spider bites before. Not like a brown recluse or something like that. I've had a brown recluse bite. Oh wow. Okay. Well, that would be really. And that is like death. I got bit well, yeah, it eats by a your wolf skin. spider in my mailbox. It ran up and bit me when I was getting my mail. Oh. Uh-uh. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh-uh. And it was, you know, the size of a silver dollar. And I yeah. had vampire puncture wounds in my hand. And it, I'm, I was forever traumatized. Yeah. I won't get the mail anymore. No. <laughs> like, I'm not reaching in there. There's no way. Now, you get those things from Walmart that are like the for old people to pick stuff up off the ground <laughs> and just shove that in your mailbox. Okay? That's right. <laughs> Kill everything first. There you go. Uh, we have a question from Madam Mayhem. The question is, Rebecca, what is the best way to do a past life regression? I do them through uh, hypnosis. I, I put a person under, and then we sometimes it takes four or five sessions to get there. A person has to be willing or able to be hypnotized. Some people can't be. But um, once you're under and you relax and, you know, I put them in a safe environment, I explain to them, you know, we're, we're, we're not, you know, we're just going down, you know, in, it, it's like sitting on the top of, of water. You're going to go down into the water, but you're not going to drown. And then once you get to a certain plateau, you're going to be able to remember things that are hidden we we have all the memories of our past lives we're just not supposed to remember them they're still in there so i take them to a place where they can safely explore that without worrying that they're going to be hurt by that again do you think that the more we age and hopefully evolve that we might not know all of our past life but we uh, of our past lives but that we somehow become comfortable with the traits that we know we brought from them so i know it's a very weird question um we we are made up of every life we've ever had every life we've had has an impact on our, our on our current life yes and we just become more comfortable right or some we, not we, we we learn more and more who are who we are and some people it you know it takes a thousand lifetimes some people it takes three 
and they're done. It, it depends on uh, what, you, what you need to find out about yourself, what your soul needs, how much your soul needs to grow to get to that high, next higher level. And, and some people just get bored. <laughs> and they're like, I want, I want to do something else. I want to try something else. I want a new experience. So, you know, I can uh, see that. Yeah. I mean, we have, <laughs> after we die, after we die, we still have, you know, the, the will to make decisions. You know, uh, of course, you know, a lot of things are controlled by the universe and their destiny, but there are things that, that are in our control and, and deciding that is, was one of those things. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have a uh, $10 super chat from Andrew. Andrew Cox says, borrowed Gallagher's mallet and hit Frontier and in in the fruit and nails that spider behind Shauna. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Very cool, Andrew. Um, Chuck Banks, I, I don't even know if I'm going to go there with you. So he's trying, he's trying to, one, find out how many lives he, he lived beforehand and two, how many times he scored with me. So Chuck... <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> we'll talk about that later, big guy. Yeah, that, that, that's a private discussion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Chuck goes there. Like every episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, here's an interesting question. This is from uh, Sandra Griffin. Uh, so, Rebecca, is there a way to know if you are a new soul or if you've had a past life without being regressed? Um. There aren't a whole lot of new souls. <laughs> um, most people have had past lives. Uh, I wouldn't want to be a new soul. Happen? Yeah, it does. I wouldn't want to be a new soul in in the current environment. I think that person would would be traumatized. Um, because yeah, I guess one theory that I've heard is that, you know, as you keep coming back, keep coming back, you learn more and more and more, and that sticks with you. And so... You get a tougher, thicker it, skin, yeah. Yeah, and so I get one theory that I've heard is those who, I guess, trying to be gentle or a little less in tune, not as intelligent, what have you, haven't been around right. the block so many times. So it seems like, to That's me, there are a lot of new souls that. around. Right. Um one uh, uh, parapsychologist that I talked to thinks that uh, people with Asperger's or autism are new souls and wow. they get into this life and it's too much. Hmm. It's too overwhelming and they, and they just, they, they can do that. That was his theory is that new souls are people. Once they get there, once they get there here for that first time, it's just too much. It's too much stimulation. It's too much noise. It's too much everything. And, and they just kind of, implode okay so that was that was his theory and i, I kind of tend to agree with that i i think can you imagine bringing a, a a brand new entity in cast into the current world environment i mean asperger's and autism is at an all-time high right. among children there's got to be a reason for that Besides I vaccinations, <laughs> I, I I don't know. I ha I can't go into detail because of my my job and what I do. But I um I had the sheer pleasure of working with a young child who had medical issues. The stack was this high. Okay, um, his parents were 
unbelievably shocked that he allowed me to do what I needed to do without fuss, without muss, without any issues. And I don't know why I did this, but when I sat down with him to work with him, the very first thing I did was rub him on the tip of the nose right here <laughs> and then rub his hand and just, just with one finger and just talk to him. And I've never done that with the patient. And he looked at me and it was like he knew. He knew who you were. He was the oldest soul I've ever seen in a two-year-old body. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. It, it broke my heart with how happy I was to be able to work with this child. And, and I bet he was a happy little soul too, wasn't he? Regardless. Oh, of yes. Oh, yes. And he, I mean, just the fact that he let me do everything I needed to do. Yeah. I was like, I, I was, I was shocked, but it was such a blessing, you know, and, and this is, this is a young one that it was so far past autism or Asperger's, but he was completely comfortable with me. And I, it, he was That's a very, beautiful. he was a very, he was older than me. <laughs> soul, and I'm pretty damn old. He was older than me. And yeah, my youngest, I believe I believe he came back to teach love. Yeah, my youngest son is an old soul, and when he was little, really little, he uh, was sitting on his bed and he said, "Mommy," and I said, "Yeah." He goes, "I'm a very old person in a very little body." Oh. He says, "He says I don't ever want to do this again." He goes, "I'm done." I have one of those too. He's 16 now. And, yeah, mine, uh, mine's 16 too. Just yeah, fine. he used to shock the hell out of me when he was about two. He's the reason I, I came back out of the broom closet. Yep. Yeah, and on that I note, mean, there is a question here from Katie Palmer that is, uh, can we pick to be done? Oh, yeah. Absolutely can. So you can just say, I'm I'm not going back. I've I've learned it I'm all. I'm done. Yep. Yep, okay. we, we absolutely can. You heard it here, folks. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I have, and I have to throw this one out there too. Um, so, and because uh, you know, I've read a lot of things, uh, I, I've heard of people having uh, past life regressions and recalling alien lives, like they're on a completely yes. different planet and they have like a completely different body. So, have you has that been your experience as well? That that can certainly happen. I have done past life regressions where people have remembered being abducted by aliens. Wow. And going and going to other planets. And I don't know why that comes out in a past life regression, but it comes out. Even if it's in this current life. Or, you know, maybe it happened to in the past life, but they remember going somewhere else that was not on Earth. And, you know, um, I have to believe them. You know, I'm not going to discount what they're telling me. Right. So, you know, that if they believe that that's their memory that's their memory and i'm not going to you know you know tell them you're full of it because there's you know but i've i've done quite a few where they're like uh, just talking about you know they're under they're, this isn't you know conscious they're not speaking consciously they they're just regurgitating information and i play it back for them and they're like i i don't believe i said that that's crazy <laughs> right and why would they go through that whole process just to make up a story it does make a lot of right. sense yeah right right Right. And, you know, people that I work with, you know, I check 
what kind of medications they're on, if they have any, you know, serious mental issues like psychosis or, you know, um, anything along that line before, before I do this, I want to make sure that not only they're safe, but I'm safe. So, you know, I know the people I'm working with are of a good sound mind at the, at the time I put them under, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, victimize someone, uh, and make them worse off than they were before I put them under. So I make sure they're in a good state of mind first. Okay. That's, that's very responsible. Not everybody would do that. No, you got to be careful. You're you're, you're messing with someone's psyche. So I'm very careful. Uh, There's people I've told no. Yeah. I'm not going to put you under. That's irresponsible of me to do something like that with you. Um, Well, they're in a very vulnerable position. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely are. Yeah. Yeah. So even for that person, they would have to trust you. Right. It doesn't work if you don't trust your your hypnotherapist if you don't trust that person it's you're not gonna it's not gonna work right you have to be comfortable with them and sometimes we sit down and talk a few times before we even you know start the process to get that comfort level that makes sense to me yeah absolutely um back on the uh this was asked just as we were finishing up uh the autism conversation uh but this is from discord threads uh could autism be a higher level and society reads it wrong could be. Um, most autistic, and um, Vanessa can speak to this, um, my son, like I said, has Asperger's. He's a highly intelligent person. I mean, he wrote he wrote a full novel when he was 10. Nice. Sat down and wrote a novel on the computer. He writes poetry that's mind-blowing. Uh, can't make eye contact, doesn't like social interaction, but he's smart as a web. I think that whoever, it was Discord Threads that wrote that. I actually think, me personally, that they're onto something. I think that those with Asperger's or autism or certain special needs, I think that they see Mm -hmm. very clearly who people actually are. Oh, yes. And that is something that I think is is definitely overlooked because it's – a a child who or an adult that you know might appear to be childlike of mind they will have clearer sight and know who to fear who to love who to feel comfortable with i i actually put them on a much higher level than myself yeah my son does (laughs) yes we need to look at them as the barometer for people around us and around them because they're the alarm system. They're the ones that can say, hey, this this person makes me uncomfortable. You need to watch out for them. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, my son did that. I had someone over here one time. He walked out of his room, looked at the guy, went, nope, turned back around, went back to his room, went, come out there. Bless him. <laughs> Bless him. Nice. Oh. Nice. Yeah. I love him already. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> he was not having it. Good for him. Yep. <laughs> so, question from Chuck Banks. Can the darkness penetrate your soul from one life to the next? Yes. We can We can carry darkness with us, absolutely. Uh, that's why some people need past life regressions to work through that. Um, so, I, if, there's, I, if there's someone or something that you're battling many lifetimes ago, you could still be in this particular lifetime? Yeah. 
you you haven't you haven't you haven't conquered it yet so you you keep coming back to try again and and conquer it and sometimes you do carry a darkness with you yeah depression or anxiety um a lot of people with post-traumatic stress disorder are par- partially carrying that from a past life hmm. and then they have trigger instances that kind of yes. reiterate it okay right. that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense yeah and they have no idea in this lifetime where it's coming from but right. coming from a past life it makes more sense that nightmares you know and you know trauma from nightmares I mean, I, I'm sure you guys have had dreams that you woke up from and you carry that feeling all day and you feel just awful. You can't shake. You ever had that where you can't shake a dream for like hours after you wake up? Oh, yeah. 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 It's kind of like that for them. They, they live that way. They can't, you know, they can't. That's what post-traumatic stress disorder is like. It's a nightmare you can't wake up from. I have to I have to ask you something. And Mike, be, just get ready. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. I've never brought this up on a show ever, and I'm a little bit afraid to. Here it is. You're going to find out way too much about me here in about two seconds. (laughs) I had a dream that I know had something to do with a past life, but what it could be, I have no idea. And I will tell you that it was very technical where I was in in the, the, the fields and the sky and the sun, and it was almost pixelated but tech but technicolor and i was in a white dress and i was actually running through this field squatting and marking my territory <laughs> oh my gosh yes do you do you happen to, do you happen to know where this field is since it's it's your field now i'm telling you <laughs> yeah, no you claimed it better but go back and get it <laughs> That that could actually be uh, kind of like a. Um, that sounds more futuristic than it does past life to me. That means I'm just going to be peeing everywhere. <laughs> You're going to be peeing everywhere. Maybe there's going to be you know the, the, the apocalypse, and that's the way people are going to mark stuff. It's going to pee on it. <laughs> I was happy. Yeah, yeah as long as you're happy. You had your field. <laughs> I cannot believe I just shared that, but that's, you know that's what? pretty wild, Vanessa. That was very <laughs> brave of y'all. you. That was very brave of you, honey. It's because I love y'all. I love all the watchers, <laughs> and you know what? This is me. This is what you get. So, wow. I, I think I think what I'll do is I'll just splice that part out of the show and loop it <laughs> <laughs> and post it somewhere. <laughs> You would be like the, the squatting and peeing rap or something. Oh my gosh. Be put it to music. Put it, yeah, put some techno music on it. Yeah. Be free airspace. Depends for Vanessa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you're going to get in a donations. Depends for I, Vanessa. I know, right? Oh, for sake. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Tammy Heisman is saying make a meme. Yeah. Les, please not do that. Y'all um, love me, remember? <laughs> um, Rebecca, let me ask you this. So, sure. um, so I know you uh, you investigate the paranormal as well, and uh, do yes. Um, so, a lot of these entities that we see, or maybe some of them, not necessarily a lot, but are some of them that we see maybe perhaps. Um, 
communicating with us or maybe attached to us somehow from a past life. Like maybe there was some entity we were associated with back then that has now followed us into this one. They could possibly recognize us from a past life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because they would be um, seeing the the soul and not necessarily the meat sack. Right. right? They, they see what's inside. They don't see the outside. So, yeah, they could absolutely recognize us. Uh, know who we are, you know, uh, have memories with us. Yeah. There could be a lot of... Uh, um, I don't feel that all attachments are necessarily bad. I think sometimes spirits attach to us for a certain amount of time because we need them to. Okay. I don't feel that they're all dark, evil, out to get us uh, no. attachments. No. no, and I don't believe that either. Um, let's see, we'll take a couple more questions here on past life regressions because that's not the only thing you do. <laughs> no, I do lots of stuff. You do lots of stuff. Um, it's a big topic, and of course, people are, are interested on it. Um, so this one, Sandra Griffin, you kind of already addressed this a little bit, but I'll throw it out there again just to uh, so she can get it answered. Can we choose to come back, or is it chosen for us? Which it sounds like you choose. We choose it. Yeah, we choose what we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a lesson we need to learn, and, we, and we're like, you know, I, I haven't. It's like, you know, uh, deciding to, you know, come out of sitting in the timeout chair and, and, and learn our lesson again, because we, we didn't learn it the first time. So we come back and try again. Yeah, to try to learn the same so, lesson again. Yeah, if we fail. I mean, w there's no guarantee just because we uh, choose a life mission that we're going to succeed at it. I mean, there's always, there's always, you know, intervention. Uh, there's other people, other people's real free will that, you know, intersects with ours and changes what, you know, the mission that we had chosen. Um, we do things because we're human beings and, and we're controlled by our physical body. And sometimes we do things that aren't good for our soul. And that kind of changes the course of, of what we were here to do. I think you can get back on course. Oh, absolutely. When you, can. when you recognize it, I think you can get back on course. I think, I think a lot of us are guilty of that based on what you just said, which other people's free will intersects with ours and can take us off of our path. And I think, I think that happens more than we give it credit. Oh, and it I happens think, a lot. Yes. And I think that in, in our lives, we are dictated by what, society deems necessary as opposed to what our free will tells us we should do. Absolutely. And I think once you get to the point to where you start to see the difference between the two, you have reached a dangerous level of freedom. Yes. <laughs> and yes. It, it's when, beautiful. When we reach a point where we don't give a who what somebody else thinks, we're truly free. Yes. And, and that's a really hard place to get to. But you can. Oh, yeah, you can. <laughs> True but enough. it's a lot of work. Yes, it is. A lot of tears. Yes. A lot of frustrations, but it's doable. Yep. You, you have to put yourself and love yourself first, and that's the person you have to count on above everybody else is yourself. Damn straight. So from Madam Mayhem, do we always come back <laughs> as a human? <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily. Uh, I had one guy <laughs> that I did a past life regression with. He goes, I think I'm a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and, 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 we, I believe 
that you can reincarnate it as a dog if you want. I mean, it's going to be a completely different experience. But um, well, you know, I had a lot of dreams when I was a kid that I was an alligator. So I was wondering if I was once an alligator. You, <laughs> you could have been. Maybe you could have been. Maybe that was something you, you know, maybe you just wanted to see what it was like to be, you know, amphibian. <laughs> maybe, maybe you never know. Maybe you were a woman. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt that. I know for a fact I was a dude at least once. Yeah. I bet I was a guy a lot of times. Yeah, wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me Did you ever meet someone that has, like a woman that has real male energy or a a man that has real feminine energy? Yep. Because they've probably done it so many times before that they're kind of carrying over a little bit of that personality. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. They're kind of used to being in that role and here they are, oh, try out being, you know, (laughs) <laughs> a totally different gender this time and yeah <laughs> that makes sense that was another thing that um this parapsychologist that i worked with thinks maybe transgender has something to do with hmm. that could always people, be possible it's an interesting concept yep the soul's in the wrong body yeah for what you know that that was one of his theories too he's helping me write this book i'm writing so so Dawn says she wants to be a dolphin. So <laughs> Hey, that's a great thing to be. You go Dawn. All right. So Dolphins are amazing and very smart. <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. So now, Rebecca, you do a lot of other things as well. Something that um, I thought was kind of interesting because a lot of people kind of shy away uh, from these things is you, mm-hmm. you do actually mm-hmm. work a lot with uh, Ouija boards. So uh, what's I going do. on there? Um, I Let's see how many I have. 32 of them in my house right now. Wow. I'm still alive. A lot of them are very cool looking. So Yeah, I get I I get packages on my porch with no return address that has Ouija boards that people send me. <laughs> they just don't want them anymore. And they end up on, on my doorstep. Something happened to them, them when they were using the board or Probably. Yeah. There's no story with it. I just get a package in brown paper or we open it up and nah, it's a Ouija board. <laughs> um I have one right now that was supposed to belong to a serial killer. Okay. So, wow. uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't touch that one. <laughs> I, uh, okay. That one so would be a little. Right there, you just said you won't touch that one. No. That's what, that's the thing is what, what I've always tried to tell people is I'm not saying the Ouija board is bad. I'm saying that the intent of the user is bad. And yes. The, and the lack of the education in how to open it and how to close it. Yes. Thank you. Well, I've, I I've, love the fact that you said that. Yeah. And I, I've talked to people before that, you know, use, and apparently you do as well, that use Ouija boards as tools. It's, you know, it's a way to communicate with spirit, like we would with an Absolutely. audio recorder and, and whatnot. And I, I've always been under the impression that a, a lot of people just don't know how to use them properly. Is that is that what's going on here with a lot of people that get in trouble with the Ouija board? Well, it, most of the... Most of the problem with Ouija boards is Hollywood and movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have have demonized them. They're they're no more dangerous than sitting down with an EVP recorder. Uh, you can get in just as much trouble using a, a, a recorder as you can a Ouija board. It's all about the intent at the time that you are using the whatever device that is, whatever frame of mind you're in. You know, I don't recommend anybody sit down and and, and work with spirit if they're angry or if they're depressed or they're ill. I mean, you're opening yourself up to all sorts of things. 
Uh, but yeah, there's there's practices for a Ouija board as there is with any equipment that you use. But a Ouija board is old. I mean, Ouija boards have been around since you know the 1800s. Right. So you know, yeah, you have to respect your tools, and, and they're, they're they're not toys, and they're not games. I mean, you know, well, I know, and, and I think that's part of the problem is that they were marketed for so long as a game, and oh, absolutely, were that that yeah. was their intent was a game. They're they in the 1800s. It's people, supposed to be a parlor game, right? Yeah, it was a parlor game. People didn't have you know television they didn't have radio so they would have you know back in the height of spiritualism uh they would have seances and they would use ouija boards and they would use the the trumpets and they would hire mediums to come into their house to entertain them uh i mean mary todd lincoln had uh mediums in the white house right you know uh roosevelt was a a spiritualist nancy reagan was a spiritualist i mean uh, Lincoln reported seeing spirits walking through the through the White House. He thought he thought he you know saw George Washington one time. So I mean, it, it spiritualism really really took off in the 1800s and and it became like you said you know entertainment. Um, well, I, I guess one of the things that I. So I've seen like a lot of, you know, kids, you know, kind of get in trouble with the Ouija boards. And I hear a lot of stories from people. Yeah, you know, when I was, you know, 13 years old, went to a friend's house and we were screaming about the Ouija board. Sleepovers, yeah. Yeah, sleepovers and all that. And, you know, kind of my take has always been that, you know, they're they're there, you know, being kids and they're they're not doing it honest where they're trying to fool each other into, oh, you know, this boy likes you or whatever. But yet there's a legitimate spirit that is like, hey, you're trying to communicate with me. You're using the board and gets mm-hmm. upset. And then that's when, you know, the shit hits the fan. You know, at least that's been my take. I, but you're you're one that actually uses one. So what, what I tell people is your chances of having a bad encounter with a Ouija board are about the same as having a winning lottery ticket, getting struck by lightning and a bit by a land shark at the same time. <laughs> you're you're pretty safe um i think if something bad's going to get you it's not going to matter how what condo it it goes through it could it could do it through your dreams it doesn't necessarily have to be through a ouija board true true i don't recommend that children use them unsupervised uh just like i wouldn't recommend children going into a location and investigating it unsupervised children shouldn't be involved in the paranormal I mean, I, I think that's responsible parenting, you know, if they want to watch the TVO shows, that's fine. But I, I don't recommend people take their children on paranormal investigations or introduce them to any kind of um, um, tools to contact the other side. Children are still very open and they see things anyway. They don't even, right. you know, uh, most cases I work on have children in their homes because the kids are like, uh, I see that. Do you see that? Because children are, are still still more connected to the other side than we as adults are well yeah they were there more recently than we were yeah absolutely (laughs) um that was one uh one um mom called me one time and uh she she went in to check on her two little boys and they were five and seven and the seven-year-old looked over his little brother and he said hey do you remember what heaven looks like i'm starting to forget oh wow yeah wow 
That's yeah. really wild. Yeah. Um, Dawn is wondering if you use a uh, pendulum board. I have the same concept. Uh, instead of using uh, the pendulum, you're, you're using the, you know, the, uh, now I can't think of the word. Um, yeah, <laughs> you're using that in the same context. Yeah. Do you think I'm it's just as effective? Now, so my brain's starting to shut down. Sorry. <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> oh, we got about ten minutes left. But um, is it just as Good effective? Yeah. 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 It's 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 the it's the same kind of concept. I I have people that use uh, you know just use uh, divining rods to communicate yes and no answers. Okay, so, so yeah. what does it mean when you use those, that, like the dowsing rods? The yeah, dowsing rods, yeah. Anytime I try to pick those up, they cross and turn and point directly to me. Because you're a psychic. Okay, they do it they to do my the same. They do the same thing to me. I can't use okay. them. Yeah, it's like... Uh, you, you, can train, you can train yourself. Uh, I had, I worked with a... Um, she's kind of like a shaman. And she said, what you have to think of it is, is turning on a light switch and turning it off. So you have to shut your, your, your energy down and get them to go straight forward. She said, think of it as turning the light switch off on inside you so they're not attracted to you. And then I find that they do straighten out when I do that. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, they go right to me and it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's they don't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's weird too. Yeah, every medium I've ever handed a set to, they go right to their body. So yeah, that's that's a that's our energy they're attracted to. Our energy's tight. Our energy's better than anything that's floating around out there. So they want they want to be close to that. No, we don't want to brag or nothing. No, but we we can. <laughs> <laughs> we can totally brag. So here's a uh, good question from Betty Lange. Uh She wants to know, do you feel that YouTube is teaching uh, the tools good or bad? Uh, as far as... I guess as far as like equipment? using you know, paranormal, I guess with paranormal equipment, we were specifically talking Ouija boards and things like that. So do you think, you know, the, the different videos that are out there on YouTube or maybe even other social media, you know, do you think it's a good influence or a bad influence as to how to actually use these tools properly? It, it depends on on who's made the video. Uh, there are some irresponsible videos out there. Uh, I won't mention any names or get into it, but there there are some videos out there that are are, are dangerous. Yes, you don't even have to. <laughs> there is a lot of misinformation out there, unfortunately. There is, so, yeah. there is, there is, and uh, people that take great risks with their personal safety and um, shouldn't necessarily be putting that out on the internet for people to have access to. So yes, I, I think it, it can have a negative influence if it gets into the wrong hands. I agree with that. Um, back on the uh, past life regression uh, real quick. This was from Pat Kraft. This was a good question. Uh, how much of a role does karma play in how we come back? If you're a, a jerk, lot. if you're jerking the last life, do you pay for it in the next? Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. So did Vanessa? Because she was talking about being a thief before. Did she pay that in her subsequent life? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah we were just talking about that before we came on air. You know, what? sometimes your love's life is tough because mm -hmm. of something you did in a past life that you need to repent for. Yeah. 
I think what's funny is I was a thief of, of jewels and artifacts. Oh, and, wow. Indiana yeah. Jones, honey. Yeah. And I've actually investigated or been to one of the places that I used to hide, and that's the Hellfire Caves in England. Oh, wow. Cool. And, um, and I actually have an attachment because of what I used to do. And he has stayed with me, and he's he's kind of an asshole. Um, but I agree. I, I am not a fan of jewelry. Now, anything opulent, I could care less about. But man, uh, the the wolf ring holding the ruby in, in, in his teeth, and it just the 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 anti the patina of it used to just ah, oh, you know. <laughs> now I'm like. Where's my rocks? Just give me rocks. You know? And crystals. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I, I don't wear jewelry. I don't like bracelets. I can wear a necklace for a couple hours, maybe. Uh, I can wear my wedding ring and that, and I have to take it off. I wear it when I go out in public and when I get home, it's like every piece of jewelry I have on earring. I don't wear new earrings. I don't like any of it. I don't know what that's from, but I just don't like it. My, mine is simple stuff. Amber. Yeah. Amber's my, my grounding, my grounding mechanism is Amber. Right. It's not even a stone. It's a resin, you know, but it's beautiful. I love Amber. Thank you. It's, I love mine. Um, but yeah, and it's I, ancient. I, I mean, yeah. it, that's another connection probably. Yeah. But I just, uh, that's the funniest thing is I used to be a, a very prominent thief. I know that. <laughs> and I was good. So I mean, I was let a, me I ask you this, Vanessa. Too very prominent thief where is the stolen amber room they recreated it but where's the original where did it get stolen the, off to the stolen what amber room do you have this connection with amber you were a thief where did it get stolen off to off the mediterranean hmm. duh <laughs> <laughs> she's like uh, giving you the duh face yeah she is uh, yeah uh uh well, I'm saying if I'm... So nobody's if, been able to find it, so I'm just kind of no, curious. No, it's uh, Faces the Baltic Sea. That would make sense. That would make sense. That's in the Mediterranean area, right? Am I thinking about that in the correct way? Well, I mean, it's uh, in that part of the world, but... It yeah. looks, if, you're, if you're looking at it, and the Baltic Sea is behind you, if you're looking at it, it's been covered up. But if you could uncover it, it would look like... That you remember in that movie, the Indiana Jones movie, where it looks like that place is carved into the rock when they're going in and they're looking for the um, what is it called? What is it called? What is it called? That chalice. Um, oh, the Holy Grail. Yeah, the Holy Grail. Yeah. Um, you know how that place looks like it's carved into the rock. Yeah. The Amber Room is carved in over there, and it's been covered up. It's been. Yeah, that's uh, mm -hmm. that's that's Petra. So okay, so a place like that over there. Yeah, the Baltic but sea. It, okay. that's if I have the Baltic Sea behind me and I'm looking at it. If I if they were able to take off what is technically a facade, okay, it's about eleven feet thick. The facade is it's been it's been built there and then weathered so that it looks smooth. If they were to take that off and stand inside of it and face outwards, they would be looking at the Baltic Sea. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Uh huh. It's white, by the way, on the inside of it. Interesting. Very cool. Very cool. Like limestone almost? Yeah-ish. Okay. It has, it has a smoother texture to it than limestone. Like marble? Like, like marble. marble. Like marble. But um, the veining is different. It's almost... Because in marble, the veining is not man-made. 
and this, the way that it was put in, looks crafted. Mm, I gotcha. Okay. Does that make sense? So, but it's it's very smooth, not like satin smooth, but not porous. I gotcha. So, there's a lot of stuff in there actually. That would make <laughs> sense since they stole yeah. a number of different things, and that was a one of them. Lot yeah. Of stuff. It's got a lot of statues, a lot of the smaller statues in it too. Okay. So there we go. We're going to have to go treasure hunting. Video game. We do. Of, of cool shit. It's all in there. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I've never been asked that before. I don't know where all that came from. That's what they're showing. Awesome. Well, you know, I'm going to be hitting the maps and everything, you know, right after this. So. <laughs> that would be great. That um, would be great. Um, it is, there is to the left of it. I don't know if that would be east, south, west, or north, but there is an alcove that kind of comes in and where it comes in up on that other side of it, the land is quite raised and goes up. So you could actually be on that upper portion of it at the very point, looking out at the Baltic sea, look down and see the entrance. Wow. Wow. Okay. Very you cool. rock. Thank you. Let <laughs> me know if you find it, Mike. I will. I'm going to hop on a plane tomorrow and <laughs> he's going there. That's right. <laughs> He's gonna get his Indiana Jones hat on. He's gonna go. Yep. Yeah. Are you? Are you're you going. To, to you're going to Ireland. Blown? I'm going to the Baltic Sea. So there we go. Are you ready to be mind blown? Absolutely. The people that I've told you about in the in the blue area. Remember the people that float. Yeah. They have stuff in there. Oh. Ah. Okay. You're gonna have to yeah. tell me about the floaty people later. <laughs> yeah. It's like a glass existence. Mm. Glass, the water existence and everybody floats. Interesting. That sounds okay. kind of cool, actually. That does. So, all right. Well, one last question, and then we're going to have to get wrapping up the show because we are getting close to our hour mark. Oh, that went fast. It does. It usually does go pretty fast. Yeah. Um, so, Rebecca, do writers who have muses, are the muses part of their past lives? Absolutely. I mean, our spirit guides are also past part of our past lives so okay. yeah absolutely i believe that so were they spirit guides or muses or what have you in those past lives or were they people from those past lives probably related to you somehow in a past life okay spiritually uh spirit guides are usually transcended they don't come back into a physical body anymore so they guide others okay um, all right. Well, it is. Yeah, it has just been about our hour. Uh, Rebecca, you're going to be at the Hunter Road Media Paracon. You will be talking more about past life regression there. So everybody, you need to come and and uh, listen to Rebecca speak. But how can everybody find you now until then? Um, I do have a Facebook page. I also have a public figure page on Facebook. You can reach me on Instagram and Twitter. So I'm easy to get a hold of. All I have to do is type my name in and and uh, Google when it comes up about a hundred things. So yeah. people should be able to find me. I'm Use also writing Google. a book called Traversing the Veil, which is uh, going to be out hopefully in August uh, of past life regression stories and, and people that I've helped explaining how past lives work. So people oh, can pick very that cool. up. Yeah, that'll be yeah. interesting for sure. All right, so let's go ahead and um, get to the uh, the super chats, and then we'll do everybody's shout out and wrap it up. So, um, 
So Super Chat Superstars for this evening, we're Don and Andrew. Thank you both very much for that. Absolutely appreciate it. We'll get to the uh, the shout outs here. Hit this uh, participants tab that Candy <laughs> showed me. Um, all right, so of course there's Shauna, our chat shenanigator. Thank you very much for shenanigating the chat this evening. And Donna Gorton, thank you for uh, Cheshire catting the chat. Uh, of course, there's uh, Andrew Cox, one of our Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons. Um, those include Tom McNicholas, B3 Aerospace, Zippy Davis, BD Flint, uh, Pamela Queen, Joe Chandler, Andrew Cox, and Dustin Samario. Thank you all very, very much for being a Deep Down the Rabbit Hole Patreon patrons, which everybody else can find at patreon.com slash hauntedroadmedia. There's also uh, April M. Wimigwants. Thanks for joining us tonight. And there's B3 Aerospace. Thank you as well. Betty Lange, thank you for the questions tonight. Denise Prattenmore's in the house. Thank you, Denise. As always, Joe Chandler, thank you very much. John LaRue, thanks for joining us tonight. Sandra Griffin, thank you for your questions as well. And you as well, Don, you had some really good questions. Tammy Heitzman, thanks for joining us again. Uh, the Hagland, and of course, Tim Schoen. Thank you all very, very much for being here tonight. And there's Dustin Samario in the chat. Um, also, EQEQ, thank you as well. Tom McNicholas, uh, <laughs> thrown down here at the end. Discord thread. See, there's always more here at the end than in that participant's <laughs> chat. There's always more. Uh, see, and there's Discord threads. Uh, Madam Mayhem, thank you for your questions as well. So, um, see, Charms Paranormal, Katie Palmer, and uh, Pat Kraft, who I finally got to meet uh, this past weekend. Uh, Greg Grenkin was in the house. Um, let's see, is there anybody else? I'm just going to scroll real quick because, like I said, it. It just didn't, it didn't grab everybody. It's a good list, but it's not all inclusive. All right. Um, just to let you guys know, uh, there is no inside the upside down uh, this evening. Sorry about that. Just between the traveling, a lot of stuff going on with work. We didn't really get a show put together. So what we're going to do, Shauna and I are going to go live on Facebook for a little bit, kind of to supplement the loss of inside the upside down for this evening. So, you know, or you could always be that because, you know, last week's, Topic got a little bit into disclosing NSA stuff that you know they shut us down. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, but yeah, so we'll go live on Facebook for for a little bit and uh, and and do a couple things there. But uh, no official inside the upside down show on the uh, YouTube channel tonight. And I uh, also want to thank anybody uh, that was uh, listening or watching one of the simulcasts on Twitch or Periscope. And uh, this will be uploaded later as a podcast and uh, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and pretty much anywhere we, we listen to have Rebecca back yes Jill. yes people were already Absolutely. saying down in the chat that we have to have Rebecca back and so um love uh, to see oh Chanel yeah. is looking for a shout out so I guess uh yes yeah, it's not all inclusive there's Chanel F thank you Chanel and uh, Kevin Butler as well so there we go um and I can't wait to meet you in June yep I know I'm yep. so excited we'll talk about the blue people I can't <laughs> talk wait. about the blue okay. people in June <laughs> there you go all right, thank everybody. Thank you, guys. I appreciate having me on, and you guys both have a great evening. You too. You thank too, you again, Rebecca. Thank you. Everybody else, have a great night. Rebecca, we'll see you in June. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.